This is the Odd Father podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. And we are back once again, Pastor Chris Matthews, a man who is looking for answers, but first wants to find the right questions. Welcome, Dr. Pete Court, a man who loves God, but finds him baffling. And this is a very baffling one. Very simple. Pastor Chris Matthews, man who talks to people in church, preaches from the front. What is this living word of God thing? What is the living word? Ah, Well, if we'll turn to... uh... (laughs) So I <laughs> Who uses paper anymore? Yeah, I know. I was just thinking, um, if you'll scroll to... Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think... Sorry, it's just struck me as that's quite an analogy, isn't it? That we don't flip the pages, we scroll now. Yes. And the Bible began life as scroll. scrolls. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, so what is the living word of God? Um, well, I'm not sure. Well, okay, so... This is not. You don't have to know. Not it's some, okay. Something I've researched, but <laughs> yeah. Off, off the top of my head, I would say that okay. the yep. description of the word as living mm. uh, is a, a an implication that it, it isn't just uh, words on a page or something that is true for the past and not the present or the future, mm-hmm. but something that has a um, a life of its own, if you like, mm. um, which impacts every generation who reads the Bible, plus the fact that it um, is something that uh, believers are able to access through the Holy Spirit um, speaking to them. Right. I use that word right. speaking in the same way I use the word living. Right, okay, so with, with air quotes. Is there some mystical presence of the Spirit is, is there some magical power of the words that Jesus used? Because I see this and I hear this in people saying, as the Lord said, I, I, I bring the words of Jesus and I say, you know, as if those words that Jesus said in my mouth have some magical power. It's, it's, like, this, it's mm. like a spell. There's that, I, I get that feeling. Is, it, is that just me or...? Um. Well, I've got to admit, I've never thought of it quite that way. Um, I've certainly heard it used, and I'm probably guilty of using it myself in the sense that to quote them as the words of Jesus is to say, look, I'm not making this stuff up. Right. Um, it's right, referencing. Yeah, referencing. <laughs> um, but I think there's also a, uh, and we, we actually talked to somebody about this on, on Sunday, mm. um, that there is, I don't know whether it's mystical or not, but. Uh, I discovered early on not to get too anal about my message preparation <laughs> because what I was delivering mm. was not what everybody was receiving. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that my intent, no matter how well-intentioned or well-researched or how scripture-filled it was, yeah, uh, I got people coming up and uh, – complimenting me on the things that I'd said and the, the stories that had me, had meaning to them that I don't remember uttering a single word about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in some ways, so there is a, a, a mystery, if you like, uh, in that. But I, I think um, it, it relates to me uh, something that uh, Dr Gordon Moore, who was the pastor of C3 Bridgman Downs for many years, okay. said to me was mm. uh, it's for him, it stemmed from the very first word uh, lines in the Bible where it says God spoke. Yep. 
and those words of creation continue even now through creation. Mm. So God didn't speak creation happened and God forgot about creation and it's bumbled its way along ever since. Those words of creativity, those words of of power still still go throughout creation. And if you want to get scientific about it, it's sort of like the echoes of the Big Bang if you you want to (laughs) sort of have an analogy. And it's interesting in the the – creation stories that we have that that God doesn't finish end of the end of each day and go it is done he says it is good mm. so i've spoken this and it's good and it keeps going and at the end of the seventh day there is no yeah. end yeah in that it sense. just keeps going and so yeah that that creative word is alive still in the world today mm-hmm. i think that's one um fairly reasonable is, interpretation is there more power then is there more power and th- i've got i've I've got an answer for this, by the way, that Ooh. smashed me in the face and I just like was like, wow. So I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. Bear with me. Is there more power in words quoted from the Bible? No. Which version are you quoting? <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's the King James, you know, the original one that Jesus read. Yeah, okay, okay. So that's I think that's, that's a myth and yes. I think it's something that many, many people feel comfortable with that mythology that if I can speak these words over the situation, that these words of Jesus over the situation, it'll be much more powerful then. Okay. Yeah. And I think this is one of the the things that came out of uh, all the different um, translations of the Bible we have. People object to that because if you've remembered the important words of Jesus in one translation, then if somebody – has another one. It doesn't feel right. Or it that's not the same. No, no, that's no not the one that counts. And it says something different. And, and that's why I come back to – You must be wrong. But that comes back to that whole thing of it being a spell. And if you watch Harry mm. Potter, you have to get the words right before the spell works. Yes. And if you're reading the Passion Translation as opposed to the New King James Version, your spell is going to be different. So is that wrong? Okay, let me bring this back to what smashed me in the face the other day. Whilst I was talking to somebody about, about similar things, we were talking yep. about God and stuff. Maybe it's not that mysterious. Maybe the word is alive when we share it with each other as a discussion between people. So you and I doing this, this is the living word of God because as we talk, it grows, it changes, and it's shaped by the minds of his people and it's refined as we challenge each other. So what I hear is the living word of God, which you just said, when you preach a sermon, people get it differently. Mm. And if they all come back to you and go, this is what I got out of it, this is what I got out of it, this is what I got all of a sudden you have this living garden that's come from this message and it's growing. Um, and so preaching and telling and extolling you know, what you believe is not enough. It has to be nourished and challenged. So yes. one thing I know you're really strong on, the living word is actually a community of believers in discussion. I love it because uh, I think that ties in so well uh, with keeping preachers humble for a start <laughs> yeah. um, because the thing is that you preach a message but the message you preach can become much bigger mm. than what you said through that discussion and community involvement which takes the um, – the credit for it out of your hands completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I love that concept. So yeah, it really struck me. It's 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 like life. Mm. So living word, living life, life changes and mm. grows. We've talked before about comfort. 
if your words are comfortable, if you're just being nice to people, if you're just trying to please them and, you know, tickle their ears, that's not life. And if your life is just comfortable and simple and easy, that's not living. If it's not changing you, mm, yes. if you're not growing, then it's not living. That's true. And I think the idea that of tickling people's ears, if you, if you like, I think to some degree, and I don't know to what degree, hmm. I think I've perhaps lost the feel for that as, as somebody who preaches many hmm. of the messages, uh, is that the message should in, at some level make you feel uncomfortable every Sunday. Like as the preacher or as the person listening? As the pe- as people listen. Well, it should have made – I should be aware of something that I'm saying that I have struggled with yeah. or, or um, that I'm working through, even although it's probably wise to work through it before you preach it. Don't <laughs> sort of pose questions of your, of your faith to people because it confuses them. Oh, I've seen preachers do that for about – Two hours, and it's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and they're just making it up as they go along. Yeah, rambling. No, never done that. No, um, <clears throat> you deliberately go for two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought last Sunday was a, a record, eight minutes. Yeah, um, but um, and and I think it, it depends on discomfort. Doesn't have to mean hating it or recognizing that sudden violent change has to happen because you've heard mm. a particular thing but there should be an incremental adjustment of of your life when you you do hear the word of god yeah not yeah. because it's anything magical because because as a community we should be growing and changing yeah. so this super spiritual mystical thing the living word is actually, we reckon possibly, a community of believers in discussion. And that is a living thing. With that constant living and changing and, as you say, questioning and thing, how can we be certain of anything? Or why do we want to be certain of anything? I heard somebody once question. say um, <laughs> the, 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 mind, the mind that is certain is dead. Ooh, is comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and you can comfort your way into an early grave, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I think comfort dulls the senses. Ah. Um, and certainty mm. is comfort. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah, I, I can think see that. As as a preacher too, uh, I find that you, you've got to preach with certainty, but you've got to be open to people coming up and questioning you. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest question I struggle with in community mm. um, and I, I blame it on my job um, but I've, <laughs> I have noticed that there are several other people in church communities who do the same thing mm. and you know who you are if you're listening um, the hardest question I find to ask is what do you think mm. and then button it and listen and listen yeah and take interest in what they think because most of us even if we're brave enough to ask the question, sitting there in the background formulating our rebuttal while people tell us what they think. And it's interesting. I think if you, if you didn't hear our discussion about Israel and Hamas, that question of what you believe becomes very, very fundamental to you and you will support it. You will literally, is this a hill you will die on? We do have beliefs in ourself. And I think part mm. of what I have found 
since we started doing this podcast and asking questions and finding questions to ask is that I found there aren't any of those. There aren't any questions that I'm no longer willing to ask because I'm afraid of the answer. And that, that was quite terrifying to begin with. Right. Um, but I, I think now I'm, I'm much more comfortable, as you say, to just say, what do you think? And actually go, I really actually want to know what I'm thinking wrong. Yeah. I need you to correct me. And I think that's the, the vulnerability yeah. aspect of it because it's a question of having and, – and, and you may not be wrong, mm. but it's, it's actually listening to somebody else's point of view without feeling threatened yeah. by whether you may be wrong mm. or even the fact that they may be wrong. Yeah. Because there's, there's a validity to their, their point of view either way, unless they've totally misinterpreted scripture or they're, in which case they're worshipping sh- Satan. Or, yeah, in, you know. in which case in a community you should be able to pick that up over, and, yes. and it, it, it knocks itself into shape. I think just quickly a, a really beautiful analogy of this has just been happening to me at the moment. I have a book uh, that I'm working on. It's a very heavily researched textbook type of book, so lots of academic stuff in it. Um, and it, but it's still got to be readable and entertaining and all that sort of stuff. So it's been quite a, quite a joy putting it together. But I've done it myself. Right. And I've done all the work and I've put it all together and it's ready to go. You must be the author. I must be the author. So the first thing I actually did was gave it to a very highly regarded and very well-experienced psychologist who happens to be my dad and a group of people I know who run um, creative agencies because it's a book about creativity and how to use creativity and how, how yep. to survive with it. And so I found people who I know and I trust who are at the very pinnacle of their business. And I've said, here, read this and be ruthless. Rip into this and tell me what's wrong. Right. Because now I'm going to go, once I hear from them and I've started to and there's some problems that I need to fix, now I can go to a publisher and go, here, this is all, this is good. I trust this now. I need my faith, I think, to be in that position, in that living communal word, to be in a position where I'm constantly willing to have it challenged by people I trust. I agree. Yeah. So if I'm going to do that, I need a phrase, all right? Mm. I need a word or a line that I can make sure I throw into a conversation. Now, I have one, but I want to know if you've got one. And, folks, I want to know if you can come up with one too and what might be helpful. So when somebody, when you and I are talking – and when I'm talking with my wife particularly, she is brilliant at, at pointing out things that I miss completely. Um, but she will say such and such and such. And I will say, oh, that's good. I reckon maybe dot, 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 dot. So it's, mm. I, I, it's my personal thinking but also it's only a maybe. I'm not saying this is a fact but I wonder if we should consider what happens if we think of it like this or I reckon maybe. So I like to try and use that one. What do you reckon you might uh, sling in there? Well, uh, I mean, I think I used it on Sunday. Yeah. Basically, um, I was talking to somebody who had a, a lot of information mm. and my question was, where can I find out more about that? Ooh. And so I actually got the titles of a couple of books which I have promised myself that I mm. am going to look at. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's – you've okay, got to well, open right. yourself to new sources of information. Okay. Then, then, okay, yeah. 
and I, th- I think that's great. And I think the living word is that in community and the community can involve books. And, you know, as an academic and a researcher, really? I kind of I I like that. Um, but I think that there is something more powerful about talking about it together. Yes. But it, actually it's interesting you should say, and we've mentioned Harry Potter before, mm. my grandson is currently having the series – uh, read as a bedtime story. <laughs> cool. Um, and his reward at the end of each book is that he gets to see the movie. Right. Um, but the interesting thing that he told me today mm. that I thought was fascinating, that his uh, older cousin is also reading it. Right. And once both of them have finished, they role play it. <laughs> really? Um, and I think that is an amazing that their, their interaction over yeah. something is not just reading it it's not just watching the movies uh, because they, they they will both do that at the end of each but the fact that they actually want to experience what they've been reading as a, a no, live role play the word you're looking for is they want to live the story hmm. and i think that's really exactly what we're saying isn't it we yeah. read the bible we talk about it together we need to live it together that's the living word isn't it it is Mm. Please don't take the idea that I'm suggesting that Harry Potter is the living word. Um, <laughs> but, but when your kids, is, when your kids are living that life together, yeah. they're sharing that they're living that story, that and it. it can be Harry Potter, it yeah. can be Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe, it can be Job. Yes, I can't imagine but, your grandkids loving living the story of Job, but you know, no, you know, it's not being read to them as a bedtime story. <laughs> I'm sure, fairly sure of that. But I think as long as you have uh, a wide literature base, yeah. I think uh, go for it. So, what do you reckon? We'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So you can email us, podcast at theoddfather.net or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net and check all the socials there and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time and keep asking those questions. 